Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Yogesh, the VP of Technology at Backbase, and we discuss how recent events have accelerated the need for digital transformation. Keeping things fun and interesting for your employees in a remote work environment, and how to use failure to your advantage when innovating at a rapid pace. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Now, were you when you were in school and you were young and with your friends, were you like all into technology or how did you first get interested in technology? Not at all. I would say my school was mainly around. So if you, if you think of how uh, schools and, and the education works back in India, where I grew up and, and, I, and I went to school and everything there is mainly around having focus on science and math and, and, and those subjects more than anything else, right? So my technology or the love of technology started when I was graduating from my from my high school. And then I think that's where I started doing some programming. And I started working with the, the basics, the COBOL of, of the world back then, and uh, moved into the whole Microsoft, Microsoft Visual Basic and Visual C++ stack, which was the modern tech back then in 2000, early, early 2000s also, like late 90s or so on. And then I started working uh, on the product uh, with a product company, which was uh, basically a Germany-based product company, building some digital platforms, basically moving away from the Microsoft stack to Java stack. And I think that's where I started working in the Java technology, which I am till date working uh, and love working in, in that space. And I think that's where I started working with with the whole enterprise stack, with Java and everything, building digital platforms, doing a lot of product development. And I think that's where I think I started loving what we can do with with technology, right? Giving this this whole digital channel and platform to to the consumers. And I think that's what I've been doing all my life, uh, working on the customer-facing applications, a lot of digital channel-focused uh, and transformation space. So yeah, I love, I love uh, fell in love with with the, the whole space of technology and digital, building some of those products earlier in my career. Nice. Do you have any like memorable first projects that you really enjoyed? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it was very interesting back then. Uh, so when I started working with the product development, it was a Germany-based company, which was uh, based in uh, 30, 30 kilometers away from Frankfurt. And they were into a lot of consumer appliance comparison kind of application. And even though you go and, and buy products, you still want to do some comparison before you go. And if you can imagine, like this is 2000, early 2000s, right, where you don't we can just can't go on internet, do a lot of find a lot of reviews, ratings. Uh, usually look for some kind of a boxed solution. And this company used to sell the software, which is once you you sell it and you have subscription for for the database that comes as as monthly CDs with all the latest and greatest consumer appliances information. And you load that CD, you load that data, and you start using that for making your uh, consumer appliance decisions of uh, which product you want to go with, be it your refrigerator, be it your television and whatnot, right? But it's pretty cool to see how technology has evolved since then. And now we used to interact with all these desktop applications with CDs coming in with all the data loaded to where we are today. Yeah, I remember going to the store and like we'd browse all the boxes of software <laughs> and see what's coming out. And they had those weird like uh, like Velcro dots on them and you could open yeah. them up and see. Yeah, I remember that for sure. 
Yeah, old times fun. Yeah, it was all fun. And I think that's where I realized how after a few years of working in that space and then again working in the internet era of of digital applications deployed on 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 net and then cloud i mean the the technology moves really fast so you have to like really be on top of uh the the whole tech stack right and and that's that's what i do uh in my job i'm making sure that we are using the right technology we are using the right tech stack the right architecture right so you really have to give the the latest and greatest uh to the consumers absolutely yeah we were just talking the other day um with the the difference in government technology being super usable and easy and everyone expects, you know, you go through a DMV online experience. It oh, is yeah. not like an Apple app store experience. So <laughs> the consumers yeah, have a high, high bar, a high standard. Yeah. 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 I think they, they have seen the, the best in class now and they expect that from everyone, irrespective of the size, irrespective of which organization you represent, whether it's federal government or, or private. So I think that, that's what I see even in my space right now, where a lot of large banks, national international banks, they invest a lot of money in the transformation, the, 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 the simplification of the journey, the, the transformational AI machine learning driven solutions. And if, you, if a person is, is still uh, with a community bank or credit union, they really expect the same level of interaction, the same level of innovation coming from even these other banks, right? I mean, they, because they have seen it working for, for a lot of other, other organizations. So, I mean, they demand the same, same level of experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. when the COVID happened, uh, all the, you know, I bank at like a larger bank and uh, some used to that technology, but they were all backed up. So I got through friends, you know, when that first happened, everybody was like freaking out, calling each other, you know, everyone went from online world to like text and the small groups that you know. And I got connected to a regional bank here and, and went through the process and they got me the, the PPP. Um, oh, that's great. But, you know, I got an account with them and uh, they were very fantastic, super, super nice, had that c- total community feel, but the technology is just not even close to the technology and how simple and beautiful and easy it is on these, you know, much larger providers. And I was trying to figure out, like when I was researching, you know, you and Backbase, like what part of the market are you in? Are you helping like the community banks? Do you help like the large national, like where are you in the market? So we definitely have some of the large banks uh, as our customers, but I, I think the the spot we really focus on is the, the the mid-tier community banks, the credit unions, who really look for uh, the speed, the acceleration, the flexibility of deploying uh, solutions to their consumer and members. Uh, they really look for a platform-led approach, and Backpace becomes the partner and the platform that they can really go out with in the shortest amount of time with the most modern-looking applications uh, sitting on the legacy tech stack. Even if they have the, the the old school core systems like of systems that have been built in '90s and early 2000s, and they're still running their core banking applications on that, you can still deploy Backbase for for the modern digital touch points and experiences. Uh, so, so that's a sweet spot. The community banks, the regional banks, the credit unions are definitely the the largest representation of our customers. And I was talking with um, Jean Denis, who's the CTO over at Plaid. And we were like talking about, you know, where they sit in the market. They do these like backend systems for, you know, Robinhood, Venmo, kind of like build on top of them. And then I saw like 
a couple different other financial companies. And it seems like the platform word is becoming a really popular word. But usually when that happens, there's lots of differences between like what they mean when they say platform. Yeah. And so I wanted to get some clarity on the on like the financial space. Is is Plaid something that's like a competitor or are they just like in a, in a totally different part of the market? Yeah, in fact, there are partners. Okay. Uh, and if you see how Backpace plays a role of, of platform or that engagement banking platform or the, the unified layer, it actually sits pretty much in the center of, of your overall digital applications, your, your third-party service providers like Plaid and Jumio and a lot of other third-party fintechs and your, your enterprise systems, which are basically your core banking systems, your CRM, you, your other enterprise analytics and data systems and so on. So Backbase actually sits in the center of it as one unified layer of all the microservices, all the business logic sitting there on top of your APIs, of your core banking system and so on, and then owning your digital experiences, right? So con consider that as a, as a middleware and the, the digital channels and everything else which empowers this overall solution, the, the mobile apps, the, the online banking portals, your employee-facing applications, all of those different fintechs can be plugged in in Backbase to build that really powerful system so that your customers can can get access to the personal finance management functionality using Amex or Visa or other fintechs through Backbase. Or uh, Plaid can provide that account funding or external account aggregation, again, plugging into Backbase uh, and delivering that experience on the digital channel. So that's the overall ecosystem you get when you go with Backbase. I love it. It sounds like a very useful tool inside of the market. Uh, I'm curious to know, are you getting like requests or have you done anything with the digital currencies? So uh, a lot of our customers who are in banking uh, or even neobank and digital bank space, they are doing a lot of experiments with Backbase and they're looking to to build or integrate some of the digital currencies or cryptocurrencies integration. So it's not limited to just one or two currencies. You can operate in multiple currencies if you have a platform like Backbase. And if you have... The, the cryptocurrency as one of your uh, acceptable currency types, you can definitely bring it on Backbase. So it's basically an international solution which works across EMEI, Asia-Pacific, US, Canada, LATAM, the whole Americas. And you can really use any currencies, right? So you, you can go and extend the platform to, to work with cryptocurrencies, but we don't limit our customers to like any of the currency types. You can pretty much support any currency you want the the national level or the crypto ones that's pretty cool yeah so i i'm kind of getting a, a good idea wrapping my mind around this now when i had a question about like you said you worked with this company in germany did you actually get to live in germany when you were over there yeah i was there for six months i oh, was actually cool. working very closely with the end users to understand the, the behavior and also how they interact with the system how they really use the platform and so on. So, so kind of you get that feeling really sitting with the end users and then you basically define the journeys, you define the, the design patterns and also how that system should interact, right? So my focus has been mainly around building that frictionless uh, customer experience. And if you sit with the customers, you, you go and do double jacking with the contact center folks, you really see well, what are the pain points, where are the frictions? And you pretty much focus on those to, to simplify the overall journey. So yeah, I was, I was in Germany for six months uh, near Frankfurt, a place called Brookerbel. And uh, I was doing a lot of uh, user research. Uh, I was doing the architecture piece uh, with my enterprise architecture team there. It was a fun experience. I loved it. That's one of my favorite parts is it's like uh, 
baking a cake in a kitchen and then getting to come out and serve it and like actually yeah. see the people interact with it. It really is the most rewarding part is to see their face when it clicks or to watch them like solve that problem and you get that joy. It's like, it's contagious. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. It's pretty rewarding. Yeah. If you, if you're kind of really delivering something and you're, you're really passionate about how your customers are using and leveraging the platform. Yeah, it's pretty rewarding when you see yeah, it's really solving the real real life problems, right? So that's one of the that's one of the goals of Bagbase. I mean, if you see our, our mission, it's basically to to make our customers who are banks and credit unions the banks that people love, right? So that what that means is you really deliver the functionalities, really deliver the the innovation to your customers, which can really make their uh, financial lives like easy, right? To meet the financial goals, they, they, they attain the financial well-being and so on. So that's the goal. I mean, that it's not a technology transformation. It's basically how you really help your end customers uh, attaining their financial goals. And, and, and I think that's, our, that's how we even deliver or build our features, right? It's all solely focused on what the end customers are really looking for. And then you basically, you go from there, you build the product, you build the features, and you deliver it to the customers. Yeah, because these community banks with five or six locations, they don't have a team of software or engineers. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually looking for partners who can really think from their perspective and deliver a solution which is competitive, which is modern, and can really solve their customers' or members' problems, right? So I think that's where Bagbase, Bagbase really plays that partner role, not a platform vendor, but really a partner role who can sit with you, understand your problems, and deliver the, the best-in-class customer experience to your, to your members. I mean, if, if, if you go and, and talk to some of our customers, I mean, their members and customers are really wowed by the features because they, they really don't expect a con- community bank having, having just presence in one single state delivering this kind of uh, neo or digital uh, features that, that you can only expect from fintechs. And so why, why did you decide like back base is the place that I want to work? I want to go and spend time there. That's pretty interesting. So uh, most of my career uh, is spent in consulting. Uh, first 10 years of my career focused mainly on product development, uh, portal solutions, content management solutions. Uh, a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of these platforms were meant for the customer facing application build. Uh, and then I started working in the consulting space where I started working with financial services organizations, uh, some of the large financial services organizations who, who have deep pockets. They can spend millions of dollars in, in, in building innovation, failing fast and experimenting and seeing what works and what doesn't. And uh, if you see how, how, how they operate is, is pretty phenomenal, right? I mean, they, they, they have appetite to, to pretty much run as a startup. And then also bring a lot of wealth of knowledge of, of banking industry. And they, they basically deliver the best-in-class solutions. And, and, and they deliver it first before, then, before any of the other, other, other mid, mid-tier or, or uh, tier 3, tier 4 customers or banks do. But if you, and, and part of my career or the last four or five years of my career has, focused on, has been focusing on uh, the community banks and credit unions, as I said. And I've seen, really seen a big stock contrast in how the large banks operate and how those community banks and credit unions operate, right? I mean, they have ambition to, 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 to deploy applications in cloud. They have ambitions to, to really go and deliver the best-in-class digital application experiences uh, to, their, to their customers and members. They, all, they really want to use the AI, machine learning, data, and analytics to, to deliver the insights and offers, which their members really care about. 
but there's really really lack a big lack of knowledge and a skill pool within those organizations right so so last 5 years i focus on building those platform led or accelerator led uh, approaches for for these banks and and credit unions and i think that's where i saw backbase was playing a very critical role focusing and building the platforms just to cater these 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 mid tier and 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 tier 3 tier 4 banks and consumer and digital banks and that's where i i started my interest in 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 seeing if if that's a perfect match right between what i've been trying to do being in a consulting world and what backbase is trying to do leading the platform led approach so i started my conversations with a few key stakeholders executives in 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 backbase i think i found it was a perfect match what what i was trying to solve outside of a platform company and what these guys are trying to solve here and i think we started a relationship earlier this year and uh, it's been going really well i i think i'm i'm trying to to influence the product vision and roadmap to some extent by getting a lot of feedback from the from the banks and credit unions in the us and also be able to deliver the platform uh, within their ecosystems and landscape so i think that 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 perfect match or dna match was a critical pivotal point for me to make that decision Yeah I saw that you started in February and it's like you started yeah. right before covid hit <laughs> and so you come in you have all these ideas and then boom and out of nowhere banks become like one of the hottest conversation topics in the world with having to distribute these funds did it change your thoughts at all about or your development pipeline what impact did this have on on the company I would say it had an a huge impact uh, i think when the whole covid situation started i think there was a lot of concern in the market in general globally and i don't think anybody could predict what would happen in the next 6 to 9 months but i think very soon we realized the the banks who had maybe pushed their transformation for another 2 to 3 years they really woke up and they really thought that this is a moment where they can they have to do something about about moving away from the brick and mortar way of working to moving completely into digital right so a lot of pipeline was developed on 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 the prospect side uh, we got a lot of interest from banks on the ppp delivering the ppp solution and also delivering the digital onboarding and origination solutions because as you can imagine nobody is going to the branches anymore for getting onboarded or or buying mortgages and so on so so all of these applications are being submitted from digital channels and believe it or not i mean a lot of these community banks and credit unions they're not ready for end to end digital trans- onboarding and origination there are a lot of frictions there's a lot of manual steps that are uh, in place right now and most of the time we just end up calling contact centers to speak to a csr or msr to to complete your your application process and i think that's a that's a problem that i think has been kind of discovered very widely that a lot of these uh, organizations they don't have a solution in that space and i think we 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 launched a product very a very relevant product earlier this year which is basically digital sales and um we have seen phenomenal interest in 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 and digital sales pipeline uh, in the last 6 months or so yeah that's pretty cool so yeah a huge impact there's a lot of positive development there a lot of programs that have started uh, in the last 3 months and there's a big pipeline to 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 start in the next two quarters or so so take me out like 10 years what's the long term vision for backbase yeah i would i would start with what's our vision for 2021 let's say and then i'll <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> i'll iterate between yeah 2021 and the next 10 years so the vision for us is i think the organizations have have moved away from or moved from 
just cross channels or, or omni-channel solution to basically an engagement banking platform uh, or, or, or you can think of a single solution which kind of gives the same experiences across every single digital and non-digital channel. When you call contact center, when you, when you go to an ATM, when you go to a merchant which accepts your card, you expect the same level of experience, right? You expect the real-time communication uh, contextual offers which come to you, knowing where you are in your financial journey, and I think that's a that's a goal that we have put in place for 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 ourselves for 2021. That banks should really look at Bankbase as a unified engagement banking platform layer, and and if it if you're building a a retail banking onboarding solution, you can pretty much roll out a new onboarding solution in in a month or so, right? If you're rolling out a new mobile app for your SME banking, which is a small and medium business banking, you have a productized app that you can really launch to your customers in, in let's say, two to three months on iOS and Android. So it's, it's the acceleration is the key to our, our goal, right? And I think that's what we are trying to, to achieve uh, in 2021, making Bagbase as a single common layer, which empowers every single digital application that you run on any of those channels and, and locations. Uh, between... 2021 and 10 years, I would say technology will move really fast, right? Our, our mission is to really predict what customer is looking for before they started looking for. So really data-oriented, AI-driven solutions, uh, and the technology is becoming really invisible. So Alexas and voice assistants and all of those things will take over the, the real touch points, right? And you would interact with all these invisible technologies that people have started to doing that. So I think our mission is basically to really be on the channel where, where customers would be looking for your presence, right? So, and be able to access your services and, and products. On, you got to build an app for the Neuralink app store. They don't even have an app store yet, but uh, <laughs> when we get the, the brain interface implants, we'll be able to do our banking through, uh, through your app on the Neuralink app store. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's a good goal that we can put in for 10 years. I'll, I'll put you, you can pitch it to the investors. I'll just let me know how it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so with, with this acceleration, has that created like a large hiring need? Are you growing your teams there? Yeah, uh, we, we've been growing a lot in the last six months, I would say. And I think the, the growth will only go uh, full speed in the next few quarters. So we have put some goals for ourselves. Uh, we almost doubled our, our US hub presence in, in last six months or so. And I think the goal is to, to add another 60 to 70% more uh, strength for our US hub. Uh, the idea is also to, to, to now go global. So we are also creating and establishing back-based development centers. One is being erected in, in Poland, another one being erected in India and another one in Mexico. So I think the idea is to really have that global support for our customers and, and have the 24 by 7 uh, implementation support, production support, so, so they really have that, that support from Backbase to, to run their mission-critical applications. So looking back, having recently, I love when I get information like recently, past six months, you've essentially doubled. What's like the one takeaway like the one learning that's going to stick with you for a while from that doubling? I would say while we are doubling and moving really fast, I think we really have to carry the DNA and the culture and the ethos that uh, Backbase has put in place, right? So the values are really important for us. So uh, if I can just highlight a few, I mean, we really want our 
people to 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 have that can do attitude right so every single person who who joins backbase goes through not just a technical screening and interview process but also dna check right so we really make sure that we have people who who believe in our values who 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 have that can do attitude who who can be entrepreneurial on the job fail fast learn from the mistakes and improve the way of working right so that's that's a that's a value that we really look for from every single one so i think the it's it's a challenge that you can find those values in every single person <laughs> yeah they're, they're rare <laughs> so it's been it's been a challenge to find the right folks who can join and be part of packbase but we have had successes as well i think we we have found some really good people in the last 6 months who have joined our our family and and i think the plan is to just keep on growing that do you have any like tools that you use like or do you just like what's your process how do you figure out like the attitude and like how how do you do that at scale so uh we do have tools we do have tests and assessments that we start the engineer screening process with you basically go through uh, the the whole code assessment and and coding cycle and then you submit that application with your code assessment we 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 have engineers who who do the assessment of of your submission they they grade you they rank you and they basically tell uh, whether you have the right skills to be hands on a uh, developer at backbase or or you miss some of the key skills uh and then you have a couple of rounds of interviews so you basically go through the technical round you go through the dna round and then basically if you cross all of that you are with backbase in some of the other cases or uh, other roles like solution architect and our uh, technology manager and so on we also have a presentation uh, which is basically a case presentation you're given a case where our panel would do a role play and basically you come and present your case you talk about how you led the transformation what impediments you you faced what what were the learnings and how would you do differently if you had to do it all over uh, again and basically if you you present the case well and you have the right skills and 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 cultural values i think you you're a good match right so it's not just a coding assessment not just the interviews but also the case presentation which kind of helps us decide who's the right candidate for a job That's pretty cool. I haven't heard that last one yet. I like that. Yeah, and it 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 has proven its value. I mean, you can really see people in action when they come and present and you'll see, really see some people who are passionate about what they do and and how they present and some people who have already crossed all the all the interviews but they don't really do as as good in the case presentation. And I think for us it's really really important that you're not just good at technical skills but you also cross the dna match and also have ability to present your own work that's so important being able to because if you can't communicate your own work accurately then how are you going to communicate when your work like on a lower level when you're with a team right absolutely yeah it's it's a it's a key yeah it's critical for for us to have that kind of uh, skill and and ability in every single role yeah i've noticed there, there's there's an evolution in the job market because you know there was a time when you know it was totally cool to be like not great at communicating and just really hyper good at what you do but then now now that there's so many different technologies we're all forced to work together you can't just be like one person you can't just be an island now yeah. that put a premium on people who have the ability to do but then also to communicate and interact about what they did Yeah yeah absolutely and backbase especially i think that it's key to to have that communication skill because it's a highly collaborative environment you really communicate with your team members your your customers your your stakeholders so you really should be able to communicate right 
we do have people who who are really good at heads down development and and they're nerds and they can produce a lot of good good code but we really expect them to kind of present the work go out and be able to communicate with the team members have that participate in that collaboration and collaborative model within the company so i think that that makes that skill a little bit more critical that way that be able to share what you're doing with others so that everybody can take benefit out of it yeah cuz it used to be like you had a pass right like i don't yeah. have to I, i see this as a separate skill that i don't have to have because i have this other skill and now it's like you have to develop that skill to some degree you can't just close the door on it you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i i think it's a it's a trend uh, industry wide i oh, i think there's course. a lot of yeah a lot of importance which is given not just on the hard skills but also the soft skills right the 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 team working skills the communication uh, how you work with with the customers and key stakeholders all of that matters now i want, we have a community and we get questions from the community and uh i wanted to know like one of the recent topics in there was talking about like remote pay because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like leaving silicon valley and you know different that's like a a hot topic right now going yeah. on and you know do they decrease their salaries when they move do they increase their salaries if they move to a different place and how that goes about you know just you don't have to answer about backbase specifically mm-hmm. um but i'm just curious like have you had this conversation as this conversation come up in your world it does and as you can imagine the cost of living and where you live obviously influences the the pay right i mean you 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 pay more at some locations uh and there's a premium to 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 live there so we do consider if we if we hire people from from those high cost of living areas we understand that there will be a premium that we have to pay uh to make their life and financial goals meet right so so that's obviously the the, the factor uh that goes in and deciding what kind of uh compensation uh structure and package would be given to the uh, candidate but these days i mean it really doesn't matter where you're working from but we know when we are hiring people from silicon valley or new york uh, there's definitely a premium that you end up paying because i mean you don't want to put them on the on on the generic uh, pay scale where i mean it's very difficult for them to manage the higher cost of living in that region yeah luckily the cost of living's coming down in new york cuz everybody's leaving <laughs> 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 it is it is absolutely But, i'm wondering like how long term it is though oh i know yeah it's definitely and it's not a ton i just saw the other day that like i think it was like 15 or 20% of the commercial buildings were now like empty and that's the highest yeah. it's been in a long time and i was like But yeah i mean it's not like 80% it's not like a yes. ghost town um but we'll see what happens with the bigger cities i think there's a lot of benefits i don't happen to live in a big city i tend to like space I just like more open space probably cuz that's where I grew up. Uh so that's just my personal preference, but Where are you uh, based? Uh I'm in, based about an hour south of Tampa, Florida. Okay. So like Tampa is usually the city most people yeah. know. I'm just like an hour like south and east of that like southeast of it. So Got it. Yeah, I'm I've been in the New York area for 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 last 10 years or 12 years now almost now. Mm-hmm. Um I have lived close to the city. for most of my life and 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 I have recently moved away from the city in the suburbs of New York so not too far from the city but still not in the the city life anymore. Oh yeah, I have family in Westchester so we go up there a lot. I'm in Westchester. Oh you are? Oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great place. It's a it's a nice little it's town. It's beautiful. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I just moved here a month ago and I love it. 
Oh, great. Yeah. There's all these little shops and it's like, it's, I don't know. It's interesting because you, you can be on a train and you can be in the city and then in yeah. an hour you can be like out and, you know, open yeah. spaces. And so I, I really like it up there. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's good. Let me know when you come next time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I bet, you know, it's such a small town up there too. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It's not a big place. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Pelham, but yeah, I mean, uh, all the West Chester towns are like pretty small. So you, you have a lot of experience, I noticed in your, in your profile with like digital transformation. Are there any people that are like hesitant to this or is everyone pretty much 100% let's do it now that these recent changes have happened? I would say that uh, if you had asked me this question maybe six months ago, I think there were a lot of people who were hesitant to leading or taking that leap and going through the transformation, right? I think, but now it's evident that if you're not taking that leap, if you're not going through the transformation now, you're actually risking the presence for your organization, right? So technology and digital used to be a kind of a secondary channel for a lot of financial organizations because it was all relationship-based, a lot of community-based uh, way of working. But I think now it's, it's pretty clear that if you're not uh, investing in digital technologies, if you're not uh, building that digital infrastructure and giving that that touch point to the customer, uh, it's a big risk to your organization. Uh, a lot of banks, as you can, you will be tracking, they either get acquired or they lose a lot of uh, customer base because a lot of fintechs were trying to acquire those customers by giving the best in class uh, journeys to to and financial tools to the customer. So it's a big risk. So I think. Uh, the hesitance or even the, the concern has gone away. And I think a lot of smaller banks and mid-tier banks, they're really looking to to take that leap and go through the transformation. And I think most of the banks have realized like they have to do it sooner than later. So uh, that's the reason we, we see a lot of intake pipeline, which basically is asking how quickly we can go out and release a mobile app, let's say, how quickly we can go out and, and release point solutions like the onboarding origination or PFM solutions to our customer. When the whole PPP journey started, a lot of our customers worked with us to see how quickly they can roll out the PPP onboarding or, or, or uh, how quickly they can release a loan amount to, to the customer. So those are the, those are the real problems that banks are trying to solve. And I think the, the easier tool or the simplest tool that they can go out with is the, the digital channels, right? So I, I don't think there's any concern or confusion there anymore. It's pretty clear that, that you have to take a leap and you have to go through the, the three-year or five-year transformation journey to, to, to really transform the organization. Yeah. And then like the leaders that did it early, they paved the way because it's like that first 20%, they're doing it. And then all the smaller ones are looking at them like, oh yeah, that's nice to have or, you know, whatever. But then it just becomes that all of a sudden it just kind of happens. There's no like date you get a press release that it happens. Yeah. It just becomes the standard. And it's just like, this is what people need now. So then all of that happens, increases, you know, the need for you to, to grow your organization so you can continue to help and service service your customers at scale. And then you have to double and add, you know, all these people within six months. And then how did that impact like your direct reports and then the stack of teams within teams? Um, did you have to like develop leadership programs? How did you manage that? Yeah, so, so the idea is to really scale, right? If you have so many customers who are taking 
this journey of transforma transformation and they're really looking to kind of implement Backbase and release all these applications over the next six to nine months, you really have to build that scale. And I think that's why we, we even double our, our, our presence in the US and I think it will only grow, as I said, another 60-70% uh, increase in, in, our, in our strength right now and the employee base in the US and then opening the Backbase development centers globally to, to provide that support for, for the growing business. So the idea is to build more leaders. Uh, since I've joined, um, I have added four more leaders in the organization in the US hub, just uh, in this region, uh, who are helping uh, with leading some of the more complex solutions uh, for, for our banks, deploying Backbase, implementing and integrating the solution with, with a lot of core banking systems and the third-party systems. Uh, so it's all about building that that leadership layer and then obviously hire the right candidates and employees to support those transformational programs so that that has been the the the, the approach so far and it's working well and i think we just want to continue doing that at a at a at a bigger scale over the next few quarters now if you put yourself in the position of your direct reports like were you when you were back at that stage of your career i was just curious like did you ever join any like community groups or see you know vp of engineering groups or did you ever do any of that i have always been mentored by uh, like the the head of technologies in my last organization i was working with with a large national bank where i was working directly with the cio and his teams so i think i've always found leaders around me and 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 the work that i've been doing so i think i've been lucky to get that that coaching and and mentorship uh, from some of the leaders to kind of look up to them and, and learn from them. And then I try to do the same thing for, for my team, making sure that they are getting the, the right coaching, they're getting the right support to, the, to do, do their job well, right? I mean, they have the right leadership skills and, and, and they have somebody to kind of go and, and get some, some guidance from. So I think that's a, that's a leadership style that I've been working with. Uh, even when I was, was, was playing the, the development and architecture role, and always had like some 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 leader around me to to provide that coaching. So I think it's very important to have that mentorship and and coaching around you, right? So I made sure that we try to 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 foster the culture within Backbase. And I think that's my advice to everybody. Uh, if you are in in the growth stage and you're moving from development to architecture to to leading the teams, I think you always have that that coach around you to to guide you and and give you that lessons that he has learned from his his experiences. Oh, for sure. When I, if I could like go back in time and tap myself on the shoulder, yeah. I would have said like, find like peer groups or find groups of people, you know, start going to meetups when they did happen, but I'm sure they're happening like digitally now, but like, get involved sooner uh, versus just like reading the books and wanting yeah. to be the best engineer. Because once I got plugged in and I got around all of these people and got to see different people from different companies and really it just gives you a better visualization of the your job and what you're doing when you have peers that do because like not your peers will never do like exactly what you do it'll always be like what you do but like slightly flavored in a yeah. different way and that for some reason is just it's like an intangible it's really useful to hear them talk about it from a slightly different perspective and um we were debating a lot about how to do that with the podcast you know because we have such a large audience and people will reach out and for, you know, we're, we're on year four now going on uh, for the podcast and wow. we hadn't done anything, but we get a lot of outreach. And then uh, I got connected with uh, seven CTOs. They're like an executive peer group for CTOs. Right. 
And they said that they had like a lot of their members were talking about wanting stuff for their direct reports, you know, to help grow their direct reports with peers, because that seems to be like a level that's left out in the financial world or in like the, not the financial world, but in business models, yeah. you see at the top tier, like, oh, I want you to join my group for fifteen, dollars $25,000 a year. And everyone focuses on the executive at the top, but there wasn't really anything in the middle. So I got together with seven CTOs and we brainstormed a little bit and created a group called Elevate and we haven't even like announced it or launched it yet, but um, I'm curious to get your feedback on it. So maybe after the show, I'll send it to you and Absolutely. Uh, you take a look and just be like, yeah, my initial impressions are this. Cause that's the only way we can like calibrate if we're doing yeah. the right thing. Yeah. Uh, I would love to, I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think I, I really believe in like building that next layer. Right. And you, you can only help yourself in the organization if you're building more leaders, right? So you can have uh, a, a lot of people who really contribute in the construction and development, but you, if you don't have that middle layer, the leadership layer, right? You really are not going to scale, right? You're always going to kind of react to, to situations, but you cannot be, be be prepared for the for the large scale that you're going for. So I totally believe that if you are running that initiative where you're running that peer group, where people can really see how you can get into the role and be successful. I think that that's a great initiative. Yeah, I would, I would be happy to give my feedback and participate there. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Was, um, and then I'm curious to know, like, how do you, we talked about failure. We talked about growing. You even talked about like how some of these other companies, they'll fail fast. And I know we all as leaders, like we talk about failure a lot and with our teams, but can, can you give me some insight or like something more solid, like you, you do a project and like your team failed and then like, can you give me something raw and real? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that happens pretty much almost every other week at Backbase where we attempt something completely new and completely un- uncharted territory, which we haven't tried before. And we, we quickly try to see whether it will work or not and we go from there. So even if you see our organizational level uh, experiments or, or initiatives that we try to take, uh, like we have a banking as a service, which is basically now a very evolved managed hosting solution. But when it started, it was more of an experiment making sure that if we go out and, and, and give the, the managed hosting and deployment models to our customer to, to, for us to own their deployment solutions, whether that will work or not. And if that will work, what would be the monitoring management solution? How we'll make sure that it's, it's, it's protected from DDoS attacks, uh, any other cyber threat and so on. And I think there was a lot of experiment that happened before we said, okay, I think this, this, this is doable. And the solution will definitely help our customers to unburden from, from running their own cloud infrastructure and even building their own cloud teams. And they can easily give the, the whole back base and their digital uh, experience solutions for us to manage it on our cloud infrastructure, which is AWS. So I think that the, some of those experiments, this is one of the experiments that worked and it, it's successful. But a lot of other experiments, with, we, when we try to go and build certain features, which are very new, very fintech, very ambitious, they don't turn out to be successful every single time, right? So right now we are working on a lot of solutions, which are, again, very forward-looking. We are trying to build applications for families and kids who can, who can go and, and manage their own finances and learn the finance management very early in their uh, in the, in the life. So we are building a, a kids app, which is basically uh, targeted for kids who are uh, 10 years and above, for example. And that will really give them a feel of, of 
uh, how they manage uh, the the finances. They have a limit that parent can set, and and it could be like a couple of hundred dollars every month that they can manage. But really giving them the power, right? So we're doing that experiment, and I think we have a mission and 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 goal to deliver it in 2021. So I think those are experiments that we try. We try to see if they work or not, and if they work, they become part of the product. And if they don't, it's a good learning for the organization. That is so cool. So is this like hypothetical money or? Is it like it's a real money. Oh, it's real it's money. It's a real money uh, controlled by and owned by your parent, but they give you a monthly allowance, let's say $100 or $50, and it's completely up to you how you manage it, right? You can create some some pockets, which basically are your savings goals, and you can you can decide how much money should go in this pocket after a couple of months or or, or six months or whatever period you decide. And basically, you can, you can, you can move your m- monthly allowances to fill those pockets to achieve your monthly or financial goals, like you want to buy, buy a bike. And you put that target for six months and you move money as and when you're getting monthly allowance, some money goes in that pocket. And after six months, you should have enough money to go out and tell your parent that now I have enough money saved and let's go buy a bike. That is so cool because that is one of the beautiful things about technology that is was very difficult to try to do at scale with humanity uh, when I was a kid, right? But now can be through technology. I mean, the kids already have devices of some sort, whether they're phones or tablets or whatever they may be. And so now they can learn these skills that previously people were only learning, you know, after they turned 18, essentially, or like 16, not not young. And I love it that, that it's set up like that because it also gives the opportunity to send them like to put information in there. So they start, they go there because they're going to get their allowance. That's like the hook. That's the bait. That's what they want. They go there. But then they can see this little notification that like explains to them about like interest yielding savings account. And and then the little kid, I can almost see it. Like I never see it for uh, like adults. It's always like complex charts. But like if it would be so interesting to see like the children's version of that. Absolutely. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting the way uh, the whole design is coming coming along. It's basically really a, a fun solution that you, it's not complex. It's not like 100 pages of agreement that you have right. to read. It's basically a very fun, interactive way of, of dealing with money. And if you achieve goals, you get badges, you get whatever, notifications of, of congratulations. And, and it almost feels like achievement when you perform certain and achieve certain goals, right? So, I mean, it's pretty uh, interesting to see how our even our customers and banks are looking forward to these kind of solutions. It's no more a traditional banking landscape. They're really trying to give that interactive engagement to the customers. And I think some of these solutions really bring that interactivity to life. Yeah, because it's not about the complexity of the technology. It's about the simplicity of the experience and getting the result. My, my, recently, my wife, um, she's got this app or her goal first was to start drinking more water, right? Just to drink more water in general. Yeah. And uh, cause she was getting headaches and I was like, maybe it's cause you're dehydrated cause you're working so much at your job. And so she ended up failing a couple of times, just 
wanting to do it and saying, okay, tomorrow I will. And then she downloaded an app, very, very simple app called like Water Llama or something. I don't know. That might be the thing I call it. Anyways, it's a, (laughs) (laughs) it's a llama. It's like a graphic of a llama. And then it like fills up with water as you like put it in throughout the day, you like tap on it and you can change it. It could be a giraffe. It could be like a polar bear. (laughs) So she like lets the kids pick at dinner, like what the next day is going to be. Is it going to be a llama or whatnot? And then she fills the llama up. Yeah, but it's a really, but then it worked. Then she, now she's got like 45 days of like filling up the llama, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a gamification. That's an interactive engagement driven Driven, driven goals, right? So, so Backbase right now is running, let's say, a, a, a running guild, which is basically a, a globally Backbase employees kind of competing with each other in, in teams. And they have like 25 teams. And it depends on how many steps every single team is taking every day, right? So just because you have that gaming and, and kind of something to look where you, where you can see the progress, a lot of activities happening. People are moving. They're taking a lot of steps. Even though they're working from home, they're still making sure that their team is ahead of other teams, right? So it's, I, I, I love the gaming and, and the whole engagement and interaction-driven achieving goals concept. This is, this is amazing. Yeah, I, just, I just had a visualization of like <laughs> strapping a, a fitness watch to like a puppy and just throwing some treats. <laughs> Or, or to the kids. <laughs> or to the kids. Oh, man. That would go crazy. Yeah. They don't, they don't stop moving. We took them to the zoo a few, a few weeks ago. And I'll tell you what. I, I told my wife, I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go to the gym today before we go to the zoo. And she goes, well, why? And I was like, because then I would have to eat more calories because I'm going to be just chasing them around the entire zoo. And I, I was right. Yeah, it was a lot of work. I'm sure. Yeah, you can you can put your gym schedule for that day uh, out completely. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of I. Yeah, I have four year old twins, and I know. I mean, it it it's a lot of energy. Oh, you've got twins. Yeah. Yeah. So you've yeah. had it harder than I have ever had it. Like I have two. <laughs> they're only a year and a half apart. But like the idea of having two it, is this your first kids? Too? Yes. Yeah. So your very first experience, you get twins. Are they yeah. boy girl boys girl boy and a girl a boy and a girl yes. Nice. That's actually my, that was like my dream. That was, that's what I told my wife. I was like, what I want is I want twins. And I want a boy and a girl. And that's what I want. And then it, cause I just happened to know these, I remember like my friends in middle school happened to be this boy girl right. twins. And they were, I thought it was so cool. Um, I was like, you have a built-in friend for life. Right. <laughs> and so my brother just pushes me around <laughs> No, But, um, so, so, uh, but then I ended up having a, a girl and then a boy. And so I was like, we got it. Like we, yeah. we got what we, what we were looking Perfect. for. Um, for Christmas or for the holiday season with your team being remote distributed because of the, the current circumstances, have you, or what we've done is we were doing a uh, gingerbread house gingerbread. building contest. Nice. Yeah. So we sent this to, I don't know if you can see it, sent it to all of our team and we all get the same kit, right? So there's no, okay. There's no, uh, like your kit was different, different yeah, than mine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we all got the same kit and then we're presenting next week. So we're all doing the designs and uh, interesting interesting uh, team thing. But have you guys done anything like that around the, the yeah, season? Absolutely. So there's a lot going on. So while this, this whole running thing started just a, a couple of days ago, which is very health oriented, there's a lot of fun activities happening. So uh, for every single person and back base, we've been getting like some kind of fun stuff throughout the year because I think Backbase really cares about the employees and the engagement. So so in the summer, let's say we got all the, the inflatable 
loungers because we could not go for 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 the summer party this year uh, out in in physically with everyone in the christmas everybody is getting uh, a a gift basket with all the, the cheese and wine and everything and while we speak right now there's a secret santa game happening with all the us employees working together and and kind of giving gifts to each other that's amazing. How do you, how do you head that up? Is I mean, I know you probably figure out what's going on with your direct reports, but how how do you enable it at the organization as a whole? So, uh luckily we have a few folks who are really really fun filled and they have the the whole concept of of bringing the entire hub together. So, so we have people who 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 kind of arrange and manage some of these events. So we have a couple of people right now who who manage this whole secret center. They reached out to everybody asking for what gifts they want to give to to one person, right? And they they don't know which who's that person, but they're given that person maybe today, and they have to send the gift to to that people's that person's house, right? So, so I think we have a couple of people who really go out and make sure that people are engaging with each other. There are these activities where we can bring teams together. Uh, they just just don't always talk about work, but also kind of kind of take a break and and relax and enjoy uh, being part of the Magbiz family so it's basically that that culture so so we have folks who who kind of make sure that proactively everybody is kind of interacting with each other so it takes a lot of work but oh, it's, yeah. it's, it, it it's great it's all worth it i like this type of people too uh because that's not my strength at all <laughs> So, <laughs> my neither. <laughs> yeah. So I like them because they're usually very friendly. They'll do it, and I don't really like doing that type of stuff. And I love yeah. to empower them and help them. And then they they also because like they're around, they remind me like other things to talk about other than work. And you get to it takes the pressure off of me, and then I can just kind of like be there. And yeah, I really I really enjoy all the variety of of people, and it's great how we all kind of like work together. Yeah, yeah, and I think you need you need people who can who can also build that kind of relationships among among the entire base, right? I mean, you really need people who can who can go out and 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 be the the, the fabric between everybody who's working on different projects, living in different places, right? Uh, not able to see each other, but still be able to come together, have some fun, talk about their personal lives, and kind of feel like like part of family, right? That's very important. Oh yeah, I was I was reading about like the rainforest, and yeah. there's like it's very diverse, and then the roots go really far, and then there's like the soil and the roots, and then there's nutrients that pass like a network. They like pass between them, yeah. And there are these little things called mycelium that essentially broker or transmit the nutrients between the roots and the. And I was like, they're like the glue of the, the glue, yeah, the glue. And I'm like, I see that in people. There are people who like that's the, everyone has job titles and roles, but they're, it's like what yeah. the, the actions they're actually taking and what they're doing. I'm like, I see those people. And, and it's really kind of cool. I like to. Yeah. And they can come from any background. I mean, you really course. don't have to put a person in charge of that. Right. I mean, an engineer, who loves doing this and be be that glue and that fabric between all the people to get to bring them together i mean it could be anybody right any role oh, anybody yeah. who enjoys that it's like an emergent thing it's like yeah. we, when we get together like that as a we know as a group <laughs> that we need that and yes. uh now i was i'm a big fan like of dunbar's number recently so like the 150 and group sizing and things like that have you thought at all about that in the context of like as the organization continues to grow? I have, absolutely. And I think that's why I was talking about creating that structure and also the, 
that leadership so that we're not always running flat. I mean, I know it it worked really well when the organization was like uh, just a, a few people, right? And everybody is at the same level. Everybody's working on the same problems and so on. But as you scale, as you grow, there are more problems to solve. You really need that structure. So I think the idea is to 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 scale at a level. So it doesn't need to be that 150 number for us, but but yeah, I mean, close to let's say 100 people. Where we reach that point, we really have to create a, a, a department or or a group who can work independently, run independently with the with the right structure, with the right leaders running that that chapter or running that group, right? So so that's the idea that we have. We are moving towards. So we just crossed. I think we are almost like 160, 170 people. By next year, we'll be almost like 275 people. And I think that will only grow. And we really need to create that that independent groups of people who have the right technical leaders, who have the right people to own the different programs and projects independently. So I think the structure is key to to building that scale. So I I, I totally agree with with that concept. Yeah, when I was researching it. Uh, like 150, I think was what they said, like the max was, but there yeah. in the research, there were different levels. There was like, here's what happens at 20, 40, 60, yeah. hundred. And so I was like, Oh, that's pretty neat because uh, you know, we want to grow the community, but I've been a part of communities that have like a thousand or 5,000 people. And it's just yeah. like, it's not, it loses the magic of like the early community. And so when we were talking, we actually named the company, uh, elevate 150 because that's going to be like the max size we allow per per group and uh yeah it was it was just really interesting because you want a quality close experience but to scale that is actually really difficult i was even looking at like mega churches and how they do it like how does a church get like so big so big but yet they still feel small and have community and everyone still wants to go and participate and so i'm learning about community every day but uh we're we're at at time here. So uh, I want to make sure that we get everything out that you want. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to get out there into the world? No, I, I think we covered various topics. And I think I have given a lot about or shared a lot about what, what we're trying to do over the next few years. And I think back then, I'm pretty excited. I, it's only been 10 months or so that I've joined. But I think I, I really enjoy working here, not just because of the technology and the, the modern tech that that Backbase delivers, but also the culture, the DNA, uh, the values that that the company has, uh, the leadership that that Yauk and, and and other management team uh, provides. I think it's really phenomenal to see uh, a company who's almost like twenty years old still be able to foster the culture of a startup and fintech. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.